Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome back to On The Daily. Uh, This is your host, Danielle McCleary. I'm so glad you're here. I am feeling very excited about this episode that we have today uh, with my friend, Alessia Citro. The reason why I, I titled this episode, Disrespecting the Normal, is because this is a human who literally took all social social norms, right? Like took all what is expected of us as humans, go to school, get a job, stay in that job. And she basically just disrespected it and left her corporate job, created her own thing, became the master of her own life and is now just, it's just oozing out of her with all these things that she's creating, all this content that she's creating for her network and I just really feel aligned with her, not to mention we have the same birthday. So we have that in common as well. And it's a Sagittarius thing, I'm sure. Uh, But I'm just really excited for you to hear this. You know, she's just, I think she speaks so well to people who, you know, maybe if you are feeling that tug to leave your corporate job and you're just so afraid because, you know, what am I going to do about benefits? What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? All of those things are so scary and um, you don't need to be afraid of them. Like I understand that they are scary and some of those things are unrationalized, unrealized fears. And we kind of talk about all of that in this episode. So I hope that you take notes. I hope that you love it. I hope that you come slide into my DMs and let me know what you're thinking. If this is your first time uh, with us on The Daily, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, Go to Apple Podcasts if you could do me a solid, if you go to Apple Podcasts, Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Even if you don't listen to it on Apple, I get my metrics from Apple. So I would love it if you could go to Apple, subscribe, leave a five-star review or leave a star, five-star rating rather, and then write me a review just so I can hear what you're thinking, what you love, what you don't love, what you want more of, what you want less of, all those things. Uh, and then also um, for anybody listening to this podcast who is interested in my new baby, uh, Hype University, I did a workshop and um, released it with um, my new ebook a couple weeks ago. And lots of requests came in to repurpose that and sell it again and you know throw in the recording as context. And so I did. Uh, so if you go to the show notes, um, you will see a link to that ebook. Uh, and with that will come the f- recording of the workshop I did um, free. Uh, and the recording comes free if you buy the ebook. And it's currently on sale for $39.99. Uh, that price will go up and that recording will disappear. But I think it's just such a cool way to kind of jump into this year and get your goals aligned and really hone back into who you are and what you stand for in this world and really, you know, make all of your goals this year align with that sense of core value. And you know, you can connect it to your human design. You can connect it to so many things. I just think it's so helpful to have a place where you can really write down what your core values are and, you know, and plan accordingly. So that's what this ebook is. It is the Hype You 2022 Agenda ebook, and it will come with the two-hour recording from the workshop that I did a couple weeks ago. So if you want that, you can go to our show notes and click the link, or you can go to my Instagram, which is Danielle underscore on the daily, click the link in my bio, and it should be the first link that pops up. It's also in my stories and all over the place. So anyway, I hope that you go and you purchase that. I have some more eBooks coming out soon. I have a survival guide for entrepreneurs that I'm currently creating. I'm also getting my, I'm getting certified to become a human design reader. So I'll be doing some cool workshops and things with that. So if you want more information on all of that, just slide into my DMs and let me know that you want more information and I will send you the link um, to sign up for emails so that you don't miss anything. Anyway, with that, I bring you Alessia Citro. 
and disrespecting the normal baby. All right, on the Daily Family, we got um, an Upstarter Pod family member in the house today. Alicia is here from the Corporate Dropout. How you doing, girl? Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. I uh, I've been listening to your show for quite a while. Actually, your show was one of the shows that like inspired us over here to niche down and stop throwing so much spaghetti at the wall. Um, <laughs> so I owe you a thank you because you've been a huge inspiration to our show. So. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. So you have really kind of taken like all of the the norms, the expectations of what is, you know, like I, like I said, it's what you, what's expected of us as humans, as women, as people in the world. You've kind of taken all of those those norms, those expectations, and what I say is like you've blatantly disrespected them and created your own path. Um, and I would love for you to just share a little bit of your story and like how you came to be, how the corporate dropout came to be, and you can go back as far as you want, but I would love for you just to kind of update our people on, you know, who are you? Yeah, sure. Oh, where to begin? So I have a very, I guess you could say traditional upbringing. My dad is like a really old school Sicilian guy. And so all of the, um, I don't want to say toxic masculine traits, but shades of that, right? There's a lot of machismo in that culture. There can be painting with a broad brush, but you know, Um, and so it was always expected of me. uh, He won't appreciate me sharing this if he ever listens to it, but I'm going to anyway. It was always expected of me that I needed to make something of myself, but that I also needed to, you know, be like the perfect housewife. And Mm. those two things cannot coexist. And so it was always like just just a level of like crushing expectation and, you know, that not being a possibility. Like I remember when I was 15, we had moved into the home that my parents live in now. It was a major upgrade from the last house. And he was obsessed with us cleaning, like hardcore cleaning every single Sunday. And I remember at 15, uh, I didn't know how to mop. And he said, who will ever marry you because you don't know how to mop? Yeah. Little did he know the robo mop was coming. <laughs> and and Guadalupe saves my life every two weeks coming over here and cleaning my house because I don't want to. Right. Right. So so that's kind of like the background of, of growing up. And also with that, I'll say a lot of double standards between me and my brother. Uh, for instance, it was expected that I would, you know, save myself for marriage. And, you know, why would you ever go on a date? Because, you know, you don't want to be all used up. Whereas, you know, my brother's like getting cheered on if he's going on dates and stuff like this. So just a very like that type of um, upbringing. I think that that's kind of normal, though, from our parents' generation, because I remember I had very, very strict expectations from my dad as well. It was always like, go into business because that's how you're going to make something of yourself. Like, I know you really love to dance, but like, that's not a life for you. I had the curfew. Oh yeah. My younger brother did not. Yep. If I was one minute late and my dad was never, he never yelled at me, but it was just this, if I walked in late, it was just the the eyes that he gave me and the, give me your keys. And there was no discussion. It was just like there was black and there was white with my dad and like there was no middle ground. So yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel like that's common for, I feel like you and I are close to the same age. And I feel like that's very typical of people that are our parents' generation. There's this like high, high, high expectations for their daughters and yeah. not so much for their sons. <laughs> Yep. And I, I mean, I think my brother has a lot of expectations on him from dad too, but I think as a, as a woman, it was just a next level. And then there's also the thing I'm my dad's firstborn kid and he's an immigrant and anyone listening who has an immigrant parent, you're going to relate to the fact that there's so much pressure on you because your parents sacrifice so much to afford you the opportunities. And so Mm. you'd better make the most of them, which, you know, I do want to make the most of them because with great privilege comes great responsibility, but it doesn't need to look a certain way. Totally. Yes. That's a really, really good point. I think people get that mixed up. It's it's like, I always used to say that to my my family, like, I want to do so much. Like, there is so many goals I have. There are so many aspirations I have. They just may not look the way that maybe you 
want them to look. And it was so crazy. And I, I'm totally off topic here, but my mom was kind of the opposite. My mom would always say like, you're doing too much. Don't you think you like, don't you just want to find a nice man and like settle down? And my dad was like, business, work hard, do this. I was like, well, what is it? Like when you were telling your story, it kind of felt like, like for me, it felt like whiplash when I was going through it. Cause I'm like, so am I supposed to do this or am I supposed to do that? Like, which is it guys? Cause I can't do both. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of women, we grow up with this like dichotomy where like you want to be a, a mom and a wife if, if that's something you want and you want to be a CEO. And it's like, how can these two worlds collide? And like, you're getting mixed messages all the time. You're too much. You're not enough. You're too fat. You're not thin enough. Like, it's just, it's constant. Like we are always never just right or never enough. And it's exhausting. Well, right. I never wanted to be a mom because I thought in order to be a mom, I had to give up all my dreams because that's kind of what, well, that's the, that is what was shown to me. Like my mom was a stay at home mom. She was amazing at it. Like it was her calling. That is what she is put here to do. Well, okay. That's like a whole other conversation. I think now that her kids are all grown, I'm seeing that like she actually did like put aside a lot of her dreams. But when we were in it, like this was my mom's calling. Like this is what she was here for. Like I knew from a young age, that was never my calling. That was never what I was put here to do. I love my son. He's my favorite thing on this freaking planet. And being his mom is not enough for me. And that was a big reason why at the beginning, I don't know, I don't know if you relate to this. Like I didn't want to be a mom because I was like, I don't want to give up all the things that I have in my brain. Everything you said like exactly, exactly my perspective and experience, everything from how my mom was, she sounds just like your mom to yeah, the experience of like, I want to travel and I want to go out to nice restaurants and I want to like keep living. Yeah. It, it made me think like, well, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have a kid because all the fun stops, which is such BS. <laughs> literal bullshit. <laughs> Yes. It is the biggest steaming pile of bullshit I've ever heard. I actually feel like I'm stoked on the kind of kid that I'm raising, like the one that has been going out to restaurants since he was like literally the day he was born. Like he travels all the time, you know, like he's he's such a self-sufficient kid. And I'm so grateful for that. And he's growing up seeing mom as like a CEO, like a boss, somebody who works hard. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, not that there's anything wrong with a stay-at-home mom. Like, I'm a stay-at-home mom also. Yeah. And he sees me having dreams. Yep. I think like, yeah, we've been, you know, and I, I don't know that this is existing as much anymore. I think that the barriers are coming down. But even like five years ago or so, I feel like there was this like mommy wars thing going on. It's yes. like you're either the CEO mom or like the stay-at-home mom, which again is such BS. Like we're all on the same team. We're going to have different preferences. For me, like my mom and I have talked about this, how she was like, I was just happy to be your mom. Like that's all, like she thinks that is her purpose. Like I came here to be your mom. And for me, it's like, well, like I know that my part of my purpose is to raise a kind, loving, confident daughter that will change the world and do big things. But it's, well, if she wants to, but it's also to pursue my own goals and all the dreams I have. So if, if being a mom is, that's all you want to do, like there's no shame in that. And I, uh, I think sometimes like when people like us talk about this, it gets taken that way of like, oh, if you're just, if you're just at home, I'm doing air quotes, like you're not doing enough when that is in reality, the hardest job there is. It's the hardest Working job is there is. so much easier. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I mean, and I hope if you're listening to this, you know where I come from. Like I, there is no shame ever on like, I think whatever your definition of motherhood, whatever your definition of femininity is, whatever your definition of being human is like live that to its fullest expression. Cause like, I think the more people that are living life in their fullest expression, like, can you imagine how great this planet would be if everybody was living their fullest expression? Like, wow. So you, you went into corporate, right? You followed that path to start. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like uh, drilled in that, you know, me, I, I, I've always thought I would be an entrepreneur at some point, but until I was ready for that, it was very much like you're going to be in like a good corporate job. You're going to have benefits, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And it took me a while to find my path with that. But when I left, when I became a corporate dropout, as I like to call it, um, this past July of 2021, 
I was leaving behind like a really good salary, like a like leaving Google, right? Like who doesn't want to say that they work at well, <laughs> that's another conversation. There might be reasons that you say that. Right. <laughs> that you don't want to work there, which we won't go into today. But um yeah, it was a little scary to buck convention, especially after I had risen to a position like that. But I just knew in my gut that it wasn't right. I was out of alignment and I had a I had to listen or I would continue to be miserable. Yeah. What did that feel like in your body? Because I think there's a lot of people. It's like the great resignation of 2021, yes. right? So many people felt that. So I mean, 2020 to 20. I mean, for me, 2020 and 2021, same year. Like They just, just <laughs> right. kept going. Um, but <laughs> what did that feel like in your body? Because I know there are so many people out there right now that are they know they are listening to this and they go, ooh, that's me. But they're yeah. trying to pretend like those gut feelings not being able to sleep, whatever the, whatever the symptoms of like, I have to get out of here are, they're ignoring them or chalking them up to something else. So for you, what did that feel like in your body knowing that you were out of alignment? <sighs> Thinking about it, it's like taking me back. Okay. It's like a heaviness, like a heaviness in my chest and on my shoulders every day, crippling anxiety, depression, insomnia, just like all the joy was really out of my life because I had this like cloud looming over me that really, and it's not that there was anything wrong with Google. In fact, I actually give them a lot of credit. Had they not provided medical leave, which I took when I had this depressive episode in December, 2020, I don't know that I would have figured out that this was the path I needed to take. So I give them a lot of credit for having that. But that being said, at the end of the day, I knew that God did not create me and put me on this earth to sell cloud infrastructure and to be, you know, logging all my calls and Salesforce and doing all that kind of stuff. And I just felt, I mean, yeah, I could do a lot of wonderful things with the sizable income I was making, but I just knew these are not my gifts. This isn't why I was created. This was a great stepping stone. I've learned so much. I've met amazing people, but it's time to do what I know I'm meant to do. And that took a lot of um, a lot of courage, honestly. It was scary. Did you went so you so you quit? Did you ever have? Did you have like buyer's remorse at all in the beginning? Never. Nope. Not at all. You made that I choice, and it felt like freedom. It felt like an elephant had been lifted off of me. So did that kind of take away like the fee like the fear of losing a salary? It did because I'm, I'm very much, I'm learning more about this every day and, and growing in this way every day, but I've learned to like follow your bliss and like what feels mm. good. And as scary as it was to go from a really high paying job to now, all right, I got to start from nothing. Like, let's go. I mean, I'm a top leader in a network marketing company. And so that income did provide a bit of a cushion for me to jump and take the leap without my husband losing his mind. <laughs> Of course, he was more nervous than me, but there is definitely some fear of like, okay, this is the income I need to replace. Like, how am I going to do that? And like going from nothing, but I just knew I could feel it in my gut. I was doing the right thing and that it was going to come to fruition in a beautiful way. The timing might not be what I had in mind. The how might not be what I had in mind, but I just, I've had unwavering faith that it would come to fruition. And, um, it is beautifully. I relate to that very, very, like I, obviously walked away from a fitness career and it was cushy, you know, it was yeah. that, that wasn't going anywhere. Like I had, I had tenure, I had benefits, I had a 401k. Like there was just so many things that I was like, this is great. Like show up, teach a class, go home. But yeah, I mean, you said it like the tightness in your chest and like the irritability. I was so yes. miserable to be around at home. I took that all out on my family. Yep. I remember I would like, there was this one day I came home and Owen was like, he just wanted to play. Like he just wanted to hang out. And I was so stressed about knowing that I didn't want to be at this job anymore that I like took it out on him and yelled at him for no reason. And he just looked at me like, I, I didn't do anything. And it was, that was like a big moment where I was like, oh, this is not, this is not what I need to be doing. This is not what I want to be doing. And I need to honor that. Yeah. And same, I mean, network I marketing, luckily, yeah, luckily network marketing is like entrepreneurship with training wheels. It's a business in a box. So it really right. does like prepare you to make these big decisions. 
Thank goodness. Yeah. And, and to see like, is this something I like doing? And then I'm cut out for doing before you go and, you know, to, to start a company from scratch is a lot of capital, depending on what you're doing, of course. Of course. But it's pretty high risk. And yeah, you know, there's some risk with everything. But like, yeah, network marketing, it's entrepreneurship with training wheels. That's the perfect way to put it. Low investment, try it on for size, see what you like about business and don't. And then you're going to know exactly what to own and what to delegate and outsource once you go your own way. I think it's a vehicle. I don't think it's an end all be all, at least for me personally. Oh, I agree. Well, I mean, and that's what I mean. I've talked about this on this show a lot, actually. I had Melissa Martin on here and we talked about this a lot is that a lot that's I think a lot of people in network marketing where they get lost is they they're we're told when you start a network marketing business, I think any network marketing business, they all have the same script. <laughs> and like it's always, you know, it's always let this be the vehicle. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. why do I mean I I mean I guess that's a whole other conversation too, but there's <laughs> a lot of people that they forget that it's the vehicle. Yes. And it ends up being the end all be all and can be, I think, you know, sometimes network marketing gets a bad rap too, because it can feel a little culty. Yeah. I worked for SoulCycle though. You worked for Google. Also we know all about cults. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, well, let me ask you something too. Part of what made it hard to leave Google was I knew how hard it was to get hired there. I had referred so many incredible people in. None of them even got a call. And I'm like, how the hell did I make it in here? Right? Like, yeah, the imposter syndrome, all that crap, which I try not to use that saying anymore. But was that part of of what was hard for you too? of like, I actually got in here and like, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And I had a, I had a bigger like investment and I trained, I was like head of one of the heads of West coast training and development. So I trained a lot of the instructors on the West coast, you know, and I auditioned a lot of instructors on the West coast and I, yeah, I mean, it took a long time for me to, to acknowledge to myself that that was not a reason to stay. Cause yeah, there was like a part of me that was like, well, who am I? to leave when there's so many people who want this job. Exactly. And I knew that I did it really well. And I also knew that I trained really good instructors, you know, like in the fitness industry, there's this epidemic, I call it, where it's, there's a lot of instructors. There's not a lot of teachers. And I had a gift. I have a gift. I still have the gift of, I, I trained teachers. I created real teachers. So yeah, that was hard to walk away from because I, you know, you have that moment where you go, well, are they going to be able to, and then you have to get over yourself really fast and be like, they're going to be fine. <laughs> totally. Yes. Like the, the world you are replaceable. spinning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's hard though. It's like you, you know, and, and that's just corporate, I think corporate in general, you know, you get it into your head that you are so important and, uh, you know, you can't leave because what will they do without you when really you're replaceable? You and are. You're, you're replaceable <laughs> with somebody younger and somebody cheaper than you. And yes. I think part of why it's hard to leave these jobs too is because it, your identity gets wrapped up in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I, I tried really hard while I was at SoulCycle to never let my identity get wrapped up. I, I made it because I saw it happen to other instructors, instructors that are still there that I know are miserable and don't want to be there. And I tried really hard to not. I think where my identity got wrapped up in is just being a fitness instructor. So mm-hmm. after I left, there were a couple days at the beginning there in November where I was like, okay, so I'm not a fitness instructor anymore. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Now what? When really that's all just in our head, right? That's all just like the talk that we give ourselves because in actuality, I've always been so much more than that. And that's never been what's defined me. Just like working for Google never defined you, but we get it into our heads that I am that person. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then what happened when you left? You just, you decided that you were going to start a podcast and you decided that you were going to start coaching people. Well, okay. I'm going to give you the, the Cliff's notes version of, of this story. So I'm really, really big on signs on manifesting. I fully believe that we are spiritual beings who came here to have a creative physical experience and whatever your reality is, whether you love it or you hate it, 
you created it, right? So, yes. and we can constantly be creating our reality is what I believe. So yes, I'm always on the lookout for signs and I'm very, very in tune and sensitive to them. I always have been even more so now that I've gone into all this personal development and like energy type of work. So um, my husband and I in May of this year bought a property in Maui, Hawaii uh, to be a, an investment property because we're all about like passive income and like making your money work harder for you than you worked to make it. Right. Right. <laughs> and so for those of you that don't know, Maui is actually, it's called one of the heart centers of the world. And so people often go there and have these like very inspiring, like aha type of epiphany moments. Um, and actually before I worked at Google, I worked at Salesforce and the CEO of Salesforce, Mark Benioff, he came up with the idea while he was swimming with the dolphins in Hawaii. So like, this is a real thing that like happens to people fairly often if they're open to it. Yeah. So the whole time we're there, all of these synchronicities keep working out. Like if any of you have tried to order furniture or appliances recently, you know that it's pretty tough to get them because everything's stuck at the port or production's shut down or whatever. We needed all new appliances in this joint. We go into Home Depot. They have every appliance that we want because a special order just canceled and it's in stock and they can deliver it the next day. <laughs> yep. Like this in Hawaii, especially like it doesn't, does not happen on the mainland, maybe in Hawaii, especially Maui. No. And then this happened again with a bed that we needed to buy because the original one didn't work out. Oh, special order just canceled. We have it in stock. We can deliver it tomorrow. It's like, what is going on? Um, I told this story on another podcast, but we were working our tails off the whole week that we're there. We take one half day of relaxation, go to the spa and we're hanging out at the pool and the server comes over with a bottle of champagne and is like, there's a couple at the pool that just loves your energy and vibes so much. They wanted to send you this bottle of champagne. They want to be anonymous, but they just want to say like, keep on keeping on. And what was funny is there was a newlywed couple at the pool on their honeymoon that did not get sent champagne. So she was like, keep it down. <laughs> yeah, like keep it on the down low. <laughs> right. So that's like, so to paint the picture of like, that's what had been happening the whole week. Now, while we're there, I'd been working on a deal um, at Google and it just wasn't in alignment. Like I was doing the best I could for this customer, but they already had such a good deal. It just didn't really make a lot of sense for them. They didn't really want to do it. I didn't really want to do it we had a lot of pressure to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so I end up having a come to Jesus with the, the guy at this company, like, you know what, like, I'm not feeling it. You're not feeling it. Let's just kill this deal and put it to bed. And he's like, yeah, like I agree. So I felt such relief. And then right after that, we go to the airport and we get on the plane. Right. So we're in boarding and call our name over the speaker. We go up, we've been upgraded to first class. Jeff, Jeff, my husband has really high status with Americans, so that's not unusual, but it was supposed to be a full flight. So again, lucky breaks, right? So there's that. So the seats are not together, which we're like, that's fine. Like, we're just happy to be in first class on that long of a flight. It's like a six hour flight. Like that really makes a big difference. And so we're like, we'll just ask our seatmates if they're willing to switch seats with us. But if not, you know, it's fine. We'll just sit apart. We spent a week together. It's all good. So neither of our seatmates will switch is the spoiler alert. I end up sitting down next to Jody, who is now a dear friend, talk to her almost daily. And I happen to be listening to Sandy and Wade's podcast, another member of the Upstarter family. And they're interviewing my business coach, Dr. Melissa Hanalt, And it's all about leaving corporate America. And I knew all three of their stories, but I end up taking like five pages of notes. It's where I came up with the idea to have a corporate dropout podcast. I'd already come up with the idea to write a book of the same title, but I was just feeling like very inspired, very grateful, like very excited of, you know, like needing to do this. And I said, God, I wish I just had a sign that now was the right time. Jody, Jody, Jody was the sign. So the flight attendant walks up to take our order. I order a Tito's soda with lime and Jody is like, Oh, that's what I drank. You make it too. So we start chatting, but I'm not a plane talker. I still have got like the big noise canceling headphones on to like you know, prevent conversation from taking place. They're the international, the big, the big beats headphones are like the international sign of don't talk to me. Exactly. Not because I don't love talking to people, but like, you don't want to get stuck talking to someone that is just like annoying or like weird or. <laughs> right. So anyway, I, I have the headphone lifted off the ear and we start chatting and she goes, you know, I, I have to confess something to you. 
I, I couldn't switch my seat because my daughters are across the aisle sitting next to me and I wanted to be close to them. But you know what? I wouldn't have switched my seat with you anyway, because I knew when you walked towards me that we were meant to sit together and that I needed to talk to you. And I'm like, the headphones are off. I'm like, all right, Jody, I just asked for a sign. Like, what's it going to be, girl? <laughs> yeah, you're like, tell me what's happening, Jody. Why are we here? <laughs> so she proceeds to say, you know, she's a top leader in a network marketing company and it's been wonderful and a great vehicle, but she knows she's meant to have a broader impact, which is exactly how I was feeling and still am feeling. And she goes, you know, since we've been in flight, I've been writing up my business plan. I'm starting a coaching and development company. So a week before this, I told you we were going over there to furnish and and get ready um, a a rental property. We created an LLC for the rental property. And I'm talking to my lawyer and I'm like, out of curiosity, what would it be to create this other LLC? I want to start a, you know, a podcast, maybe one day I want to write a book. I want to start coaching people. She goes, Oh, that's a copy and paste job. Just pay the filing fee. I won't charge you for, for the rest. So a week before this flight, I created Rising Tide Coaching and Development. And Jody says this, and I was like, that's it. That's my sign. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. So we drank Tito's for six hours back to LA. We land, we're deplaning. Jeff's two rows ahead of me, waiting for me. I get up there and he looks at me. He's like, oh my God, you're drunk. I'm like, yes, I am. And I'm quitting my job tomorrow. And uh, that's what happened. (laughs) You're like, he's like, how's your flight? You're like, well... Tito's was awesome. I fucking love Jody and I'm quitting my job. <laughs> Let's Apparently go. Jody and I were very loud as well. We were having a great time and great spirited conversation. But yeah, so Jeff was kind of embarrassed too, but I didn't get put on the no fly list and I quit my job. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go, Jeff. Um, yep. Wow. That's so awesome. So now you have a coaching business. Yeah, I have how many clients now? Five or six now. And my goal is to have six at a time. So I'm, I think I've got room for like one more. I'm pretty much maxed. And then I'm starting up a company called Thea Collective. So Thea spelled T-H-E-I-A was the Greek goddess of light. Yes, she was. And the, oh, I love that you know her. Okay. She's um, also the mother of Helios, the sun, Selene, the moon, and Eros, the earth. And the whole concept of this is like lighting the path for entrepreneurs, lighting the way, like stepping into the goddess that you have living inside. And so essentially what it is, it's going to help entrepreneurs, female mostly, but the, the men are welcome to join too. And basically just outline like, here's all the stuff you need to start a business. Because as you know, you're like fumbling and figuring it out and like making mistakes and you know, maybe hiring the wrong person to set this up or that up. And we want to take the guesswork out of that and make it be a one-stop shop for both learning and community so that entrepreneurs can quantum leap. Yeah. It's such a, um, it's, I feel like entrepreneurship is such a, can be such a lonely road. Yeah. And, and it's so simple. Like it, I always, it's so simple, you know, like what you do is, is a lot of work and it, it, but it is simple, you know, like getting an LLC started, starting an S Corp, whatever it is, it's simple, but we just get so in our head about it that then people don't, you know, it, it takes people a long time to to take that leap. But it's like, I mean, once you do it, you go just like you, you're like, I have this LLC. I want to create a new one. Like, you know, yeah. just sling an LLC is like, it's your job and it's, <laughs> you know, but it, you just, I think you're right. I think it's just one of those things where it's like to have somebody who can light that path for you. Yeah. It makes it that much easier. I almost think of myself as like a Sherpa with this. Yeah. And like, I don't know everything about business law or tax or any of that. I mean, we're going to have 13 subjects that are going to get covered, like literally anything that you would need to know. And experts are coming in to teach it. So like my lawyer who is freaking amazing, everyone should hire her if they need to start a business. She's flat rate too, which is great. She's teaching the courses on that and on like protecting your IP and contracts and policies and all that stuff that you need. Right. And then bringing in a CPA to teach on that, a financial person or two to teach on that. So like bringing in experts from every area so that you learn from the best and you learn what you absolutely need to know. And then from there, we'll niche down and do more deep dive courses into other subjects. But to start with, it's like, yeah, come join us, like learn everything you need to know, avoid the mistakes, meet cool people and make more money. Yeah. And like, like we said at the beginning, like blatantly disrespect what's expected of you. Cause 
who that is so many people just follow that path that is just expected of them. And they just yeah. stay on it, even though they're fucking miserable and they yeah. don't want to do what they're doing and everything sucks. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why in 2022, when everyone is starting to work for themselves, why would you stay on that path? Who are you so loyal to that is more important than what you want? And you know, the sad reality is like, I'm sure you know people who have been so loyal to a company and then a reorg happens and they get laid off. It's like, yeah, I mean, this happened there... at SoulCycle all the time, yeah, all the time. I, like yeah. it ha that was one of the big things that pushed me to leave was it happened at SoulCycle to people that had been there for years with no notice, yeah. just woke up a couple hours before their class and didn't have a job anymore. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you, you can never, you can never diversify enough. Like, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, this isn't, it probably sounds like I hate corporate America. That's not the case. I think that you can be in a career that you really love and that is fulfilling and not draining you. And my God, are there a lot of advantages? I mean, all the stock that I had gotten through Google and through Salesforce, like that's what's funded me starting my business. Like, yeah. I'm so grateful for that. But when you know it's no longer a fit, like you can jump and a net will appear. I mean, you don't want to do it like, no savings or like no plan. Like you, you want to kind of know what you're going to be doing so that you don't fall on your face and get hurt on the way down. But now in 2022, there's a million things that you can do just by virtue of the internet to make money. Like you don't have to stay chained to that desk anymore. Yeah, you really don't. And I know like I it's so obvious that that scares the shit out of the powers that be because you got all these people. I mean, that's why that's why the powers that be, the regulating agencies, that's why they hate network marketing so much. Oh, yeah. Because it's an, totally. uh, like, it's an untapped, uncapped market where people are just, you know, making whatever they want to make, doing whatever they want to do. And that is not the corporate way. I mean, that's why, that's why like buying a house as somebody who is you know, owns their own business as an entrepreneur is really hard to do because yes. lenders get like money from people that is not like, you know, corporate W-2 salary. And they're like, I don't know what to do about this. And it's, I think it's just going to become more and more common. I mean, there's so many more lenders out there now that are, they know what to do with people like us. They know what to do with, yeah. you know, people who have a lot, like a diversified portfolio, a, diver a diversified, you know, stream of income. I just think yeah. more people need to need to realize that, you know, we all have these innate gifts, these innate talents. This the reason, like you said, the reason why you're here on this planet and to really yeah. tap into that, you know? So when you, what would you say has been your biggest, um, like your biggest uh, like awakening since leaving corporate America? What have you, what have you, what are some like big things you've so far taken away from that? Oh, man. I mean, a lot of it I'm still unlearning. For example, like it's safe and it is okay for me to go and work out for an hour during the day or go and take a bath. Like I'm my own boss. I don't need to worry about opening up Gchat or Slack or Teams so that the green light comes on. Like I'm not on call for anyone. Yeah. Just you're myself. No longer, you're no longer like graded by like the amount of time you put in. Right. Which is a really hard thing to unlearn if you, you know, I've been in the workforce now, how long? 15 years, something like that. Working for 20, you know, started at 14 because that's what you do if you have an Italian dad. But um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like just, just to have control of my own time has been um, pretty wild. And then also just to to see how much more I'm able to accomplish when I'm coming from an inspired, creative place versus like a grinding place. Like mm -hmm. I grind too, but I don't feel like I'm grinding because I love what I'm doing so much now. Yeah. If that makes you're sense. fully expressed. Yeah. I mean, I'm on my way there, but yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah. It's like that masculine and feminine energy. Yes. I feel like you've taken time now to settle into your feminine where yes. when you're in the corporate grind, it's a lot of masculine energy pretty much all masculine. I mean, um, yeah, you have to be one of the guys you have to be willing to stay, you know, later than anyone else. You know, there's a lot Schedule, of strategy th like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff is important, but it should be the cradle for the feminine. It shouldn't be the only thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it typically is. So yeah, so that's been, that's been interesting. I'm still definitely dominant in my masculine energy, but I'm working on it every day. And that's been, yeah, that, I would say that's the biggest awakening aha moment for sure. I love that. 
I think too, I think it's always important to note that, I mean, no business idea has ever been come up, like has never been developed in the masculine. People are always in a feminine space when they create, because that's where creation comes from, right? That's where inspiration, nurture comes from is like your feminine energy. So to create an idea for a business. So the CEO of Salesforce talking to dolphins. Right. That's definitely feminine energy right there. <laughs> right. I mean, we've all seen Moana. We know how it is. You know, <laughs> anybody with a child has seen Moana at least 12 times. Oh, yeah. Um, at least. More like 1,200 over here, but oh that's okay. Every, and it was around when Owen was three. I'm sure you guys are watching it a lot right now. It's like, it's like that one, I think it's like one to three. We watched that movie so much. That and the new one that just came out in Kanto. I think that's my favorite Disney movie. Have it. you watched it? it yeah, the it. message is so great. And like, I just, it resonates so much. The message of like, what else can I do? And like these crushing expectations. And um, yeah, that's a great movie. Everyone should watch. Agreed. Does your family, how does your family feel now about what you're doing? My mom is supportive. Like I could literally open a lemonade stand and my mom would be like cheering me on. Yeah. Like she, like so endlessly supportive. Uh, my husband's been super supportive too, which I mean, has been great. He's had so much pressure go to him now being like the primary, well, he was the primary breadwinner before I was doing great. And he was still kicking my butt in terms yeah. of income, Yeah, <laughs> but he's had a shoulder all of that, but he's still been so supportive and amazing. My dad was like, he thought that I was kind of like nuts to leave behind this job at Google, but he's actually been really supportive too. Um, and I think maybe it's the entrepreneurial thing because he is as well. But yeah, like so far it, it's weird. You like buck convention and go against the grain and you think that, you know, the world's going to collapse and that doesn't happen. And it's like, well, shit, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah, the opposite <laughs> you know? happens. The world gets brighter. Totally. Yes. Like all of a sudden you're seeing the world in full technicolor. Yeah. And you're like, damn, yeah, why didn't I do this sooner? It's so yeah. funny that you say that about your dad because like my dad uh, passed away last January and he was like my best friend in the whole world. And so when I left Soul Cycle, there was like always a part of me in the back of my mind that was like, you're not here to bitch at me because I know you would. I know you'd be <laughs> telling me, are you sure you want to do that, honey? Are you sure? Is that a good choice? You know, like he would yeah. be... And I, I can hear his voice now, you know, just saying like, I'm so proud of you for, yeah. you know, following whatever it was that you wanted to do. Yeah. And you know, when we do that, we, we provide a double blessing. There's the blessing to us and to our families, but you're also showing other people that it can be done yeah. and to just go for it. And that I think has been my favorite part. Yeah. What's your advice for a new entrepreneur who's like kind of in that space of ready to jump from corporate or at least just ready to start their own thing alongside corporate? Like what's your, what's your advice to those people? I would have a couple bullet points. The first is have some type of liquid capital and, you know, don't go depleting your savings fund either because you might need that for an emergency, but have a cushion to help you start this thing up. Maybe it's stock, maybe it's, you know, cash on hand, whatever it is. Maybe you start up, you know, you have a, a network marketing gig that's providing the cushion, but have something in place so that if things take longer than you intended, you don't have to go back to the corporate world with your tail between your legs. I mean, I kind of burn the ships, right? Who the hell is going to hire me with a podcast called Corporate Dropout? So it's like, yeah, like I had to make this happen, right? So make sure you've got the runway. Um, let's see what else. I think following your intuition, if you know that you are miserable and that it's time to get out, put that plan in place ASAP for both the money as well as what is the problem you're going to be solving? What value are you contributing? And, and then the final thing is like, talk with people. Like part of why I started this, this new uh, business, Thea Collective is because the more entrepreneurs I talk to, the more I realize there's such a need for this. Like people are completely going blind, like you're flying blind rather building the plane while it's flying. And if I can be there to help support them and have an easier path, to having a successful, profitable, legitimate business, I want to do that. So network and talk to as many people as you can, learn from as many people as you can, and just start being really mindful too of like the choices you make. Like, are you going to be better off reading a business book at night or binging Netflix? And like, you can still have your Netflix, but like, you, you know, you need to be willing to put in a lot of work to make it happen because once you quit, it's all up to you, right? Yeah. 
And those first couple months without that paycheck, you're going to feel it <laughs> real fast. That was the scariest thing. After I got my last check, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, am I breathing? I'm breathing. Like you're checking your pulse, you know, like, am I alive? I know oh, it's true. Yeah. Like I, I did that too. After my first, after the first month of not being at SoulCycle, not receiving that paycheck, I was like, okay, this is, this is all me now. Yeah. This is happening. <laughs> And not putting all of your eggs in one basket, you know, there, because like with corporate, we're taught to put our eggs all in that basket. When you leave for entrepreneurship, you need to start, like you said, diversifying and put all of your eggs in as many baskets as possible because you may put a lot of work in. Like I have a perfect example of this. Like I put a lot of work into this brand that I was going to work with and do this speaking event for huge billion dollar brand giant speaking event, made a deck, presented it to the client, presented it to the talent, presented it, you know, like planned the whole thing. A couple days out, it got canceled. Mm. That would have been a huge paycheck for me. And it's like, if all we do is put our eggs in that basket, things get canceled, especially in this climate, you know, especially in-person things in this climate of like a pandemic, you know, like I, that's like my biggest, all the things you said and put the eggs in as many baskets as you possibly can. Yeah. And, you know, depending on your situation too, I mean, it's not lost on me. I kind of got attacked on TikTok for this because I told the plain story in a condensed version and people were like, oh, well, that's easy for you to do because you have a husband that can float you. And like, yeah, did that make it easier? It sure did. Yep. But it's not, it's not impossible to do it on your own. But, you know, again, like, too much is given, much is required. So like, if I'm going to be in that position, then I need to be a good steward of that income and make it work harder for me than we worked for it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why depending on your situation, like creating investments that will pay you without you doing anything, right? So that you can be more stable, secure and not have to sell out and not be in this state. I mean, you know, like if you're in a stressed out, desperate state, you're not going to be able to create anything that's coming from an inspired place, like that's pretty hard to do. No, that's a very blocked, that's a blocked energy field. Yeah. So making sure that you are providing yourself a lot of choice and runway. And if that means that you have to do a side gig and build up a business while you're still working corporate, then, then do that because you'll, you know, it might be hard in that season, but it'll be worth it. Totally. I realize we have the same birthday. No wonder we vibe. Sagittarius for life. What? Uh, <laughs> I know. What year were you born? 85. How about you? I'm 87. Okay. Um, what, do you, have you ever done your human design? I have. Yep. I'm a generator. How about you? Same. 6'2". Yep. Generator. Yeah. I need or to two, go six. into it in more detail. The other thing I've recently learned about too, uh, well, human design uses the same inputs as an astrological birth chart. It just yep. spits out like different information. Yeah. But I've uh, recently learned I have five planets in Sagittarius, which Same. to have four, you you have five in Sagittarius too? Wow. Okay. So if you yeah. have four or more, it's called a stellium and it's really, really rare. Yeah. So, okay. You and I are total weirdos. What's your so, rising and your moon? Do you know? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm rising Scorpio moon Sag. So I'm double Sag. Wow. Scorp rising. Okay. Both of my, my rise is Leo and my moon is Aries. So I'm just like all fire pretty much, which explains why we are the way we are. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, I, you know, there's so many people out there that are like, man, that stuff is not real. I'm like, until you start to like have relationships based on what you learn about people in this realm, and then your relationships get better because you understand people a little bit more and then maybe it's not so crazy. Yes. Totally. And I also, I don't like the Enneagram as much as I used to. Now I identify more with human design, but I have to say like, that's definitely been a helpful thing for me to learn too, in terms of like working with other people and, um, and coaching other people and all that. Yeah. I think, I think that's like a good surface level. Like I'm an eight wing seven and that is like, I'm sure you're the same. Yep. (laughs) And that, I think they all overlap. Like all the fire signs I know are eights. Yeah, based on your, I feel like based on your, like your birthday, you know, and I was born in the morning I was born at 3.07 a.m. So there's like a lot of, I think that there's a lot of like crossover there. It's, I mean, yeah, I'm so Sagittarius. It hurts. Like there are so many things about me that I'm like, well, like every time CoStar drops anything like that CoStarology, like Instagram page, every time they drop anything, I'm like, I have to check this out. I am attacked. (laughs) Like, 
<laughs> it's like so bad. <laughs> I'm like they have my number every time. We're like, my fiance is a Gemini, but she's like Gemini on the cancer cusp. And she's like, I don't know. I don't really relate to that. I'm like, that's because you're a Gemini and you don't know who you are half the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. This so, stuff's really okay. Interesting. So I, I want you to, if, if somebody is listening to this and they really want to, I feel like Hype University and Thea Collective need to do something together. I feel yes. like this needs to happen. Yes. Because we done have such done. similar, we have such similar missions. And so if somebody wants to work with you, how do they find you? Tell us all the things. Yeah, probably the easiest way would be to go to my website, which is alasiacitro.com. So it's A-L-E-S-S-I-A-C-I-T-R-O. And up at the top, you'll see there's a business mastermind tab. You can click on that to get more information about Thea Collective. That'll be launching soon. I'm hoping that the cart will be open like mid-February and then going live uh, on or around March 1st. So yeah, sign up to be the first to know on that. If you want to work with me as a coach, there is a tab on the website all about coaching. I do VIP days for more intensive, just business stuff. Or if you need business and transformation or just transformation, I do that too. So yeah. And you can listen to Corporate Dropout Official, which is my podcast. Yeah. And we'll put all of this as usual in our show notes. So you can go and you can actually like click on links if you can't find anything. But my girl, it has just been such a pleasure to speak with you today. I knew that we were going to vibe. I was like, this girl and I are so similar and it's going to be so fun. So thank you for your time. I'm just time. I mean, you know, time is such a gift. So the fact that you gave me some of yours today is I don't take it lightly. So thank you so much. And it was so good to talk to you. The feeling is mutual and I can't wait to have you on my show too. I'll be Thanks there again for the opportunity. All right, my girl, have a good day. See what I mean? She just disrespects like everything that she's told she has to do. She's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I hope that you go check out Thea Collective. I hope that you go check out all the things that she offers. She's on Instagram. We will post her the link to her Instagram in our show notes so you can go and you can really find her. Uh, you can also just go search her, Alessia Citro. It's A-L-E-S-S-I-A-C-I-T-R-O. Uh, you can go find her and click on all the things that she is offering. Thea Collective sounds insanely amazing, and I can't wait to be a part of it. So come join me in there. Anyway, uh, like I said, go back, listen to some episodes. This season, we've really honed down and focusing more on entrepreneurship and authentic entrepreneurship and what that means. We have some really awesome episodes on there. Uh, last week with Kelly Balch, we also have one with Jen Kennedy. We have a lot of really great ones coming up as well. Uh, and I just think that you're going to love them. So go find one that you love. They're not in any order. You can pick anything and, you know, all the things. But make sure you subscribe, write us a review, leave us a rating. And uh, we'll be back on Friday for another unplugged episode with me. I hope you have a gorgeous, fulfilling, soul happy day. Love y'all. <laughs> <laughs>